0: In this week's market update. Earnings season kicks off again, where next for interest rates and a new face but unchanged policy at the Bank of Japan. With many people taking advantage of an extended weekend, there's a holiday feel in the markets this week. Little to focus on in terms of economic data or company results and the sense that the important news is round the corner. Investors are in a holding pattern. The piece of news that looks most important from a markets perspective this week is the U.S. inflation announcement tomorrow. Coming hot on the heels of last week's jobs data, the CPI print will provide a bit more guidance on where next for U.S. interest rates. Inflation has been falling in America for a few months now, albeit at a slower pace of late. This week's data are expected to confirm that mixed picture. The headline CPI rate is due to fall from 6% to 52 But the arguably more important core rate that excludes more volatile measures is likely to be little changed at 5.6%. The fall in the headline is due to lower energy and food costs. As far as the core number is concerned, the stickiness is due to persistent gains in the cost of housing. The worry for central banks is that the underlying rate of inflation in wages and housing is not going down fast enough. And that's what's creating the policy dilemma to cut rates to fend off a likely recession or to keep the cost of borrowing high to knock inflation on the head. Markets are expecting reality to trump the Fed's tough talk in due course. And history does suggest that once interest rates peak, they do tend to start to come down almost immediately. This is the primary positive that explains why the market is holding up more strongly than you might expect in the run up to a recession. The current consensus is that we will get one more rate hike in May and that will be it. Compared to previous tightening cycles that looks a reasonably dovish outcome. Policy is arguably only neutral at the moment, less restrictive than it usually gets when the Fed is fighting inflation. But maybe the higher overall debt levels than in the past mean that what looks neutral is actually more restrictive than it might seem. Interest rates are one key component of the market puzzle at the moment. The other, of course, is earnings. And on this front, we're about to get plenty of hints as first quarter earnings season kicks off on Friday with a couple of big US bank results. As with interest rates, markets are taking a short term cautious, long term, more optimistic view of earnings. For 2023 as a whole, the decline in earnings is expected to be pretty modest, despite the next couple of quarters showing a bigger fall. At the moment, next year is forecast to show a big rebound and it's here that the real question mark is. That seems optimistic in the face of recession. And if you look at the signals from the bond market, especially the so-called yield curve that compares short and long term bond yields, a recession does now look more likely than not. What might vindicate those bond market signals? Well, the most likely contender is a mini credit crunch stemming from the recent turmoil in the banking sector. The ongoing flight from deposits and into money market funds by yield and safety chasing investors suggests banks will be less able or inclined to lend to businesses than they have. And that is bound to lead to a slowing economy as financing becomes that bit more difficult for companies. So all of this sounds quite negative for markets, but the reality is that it's a mixed bag. In regional terms, the big differential between the still quite expensive US market on about 18 times earnings and other markets like Japan, the UK and Europe on closer to 12 or 13 means there's plenty of opportunities to shift asset allocation to better value markets for a well-diversified investor. In particular, even the more cautious investors at the moment are talking up the prospects for emerging markets, which have participated fully in the market rally since October last year, taking some investors by surprise. Six months ago, looking at the situation in Ukraine with Russian investments marked down to zero and unpromising noises from the autumn Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, you would have been forgiven for expecting emerging markets to have continued their recent underperformance of developed markets. But the opposite has been the case, as China has unexpectedly emerged from Covid and the war in Ukraine has started to wield less of an impact on energy markets. The long term argument for emerging markets, demographics, economic growth, a growing middle class is now being supported by a sense that a long period of US dominance may be coming to an end. A falling dollar, which many now predict, would be the icing on the cake for emerging markets. If the market's assessment of the likely path of interest rates is correct, then both bonds and some bond-like equities, like technology shares, could also benefit. In the bond market, the sweet spot looks like being government bonds, because these are essentially a risk-free interest rate play. Within corporate credit, the better quality a company is, the more attractive the bonds are at the moment, even if the initial yield is lower. Higher risk high-yield bonds look more exposed to the recessionary challenge ahead. Within equities, it's hard to generalise because the recent performance of those high-growth tech stocks bouncing back from last autumn's low point has skewed the headline returns. If instead you look at an equally weighted index, which is not distorted by a handful of big tech stocks, then the last nine or ten months look pretty stagnant. It feels like investors are waiting on both interest rates and earnings to decide whether to break out of this range upwards or in the opposite direction. The market is basically holding its breath. One key development for markets that would have passed many investors by this weekend would have been the change at the top of the Bank of Japan. There's a new face at the BOJ in Kazuo Ueda, a 71-year-old University of Tokyo economics professor with a PhD from MIT. A new face, but as we learned at his first press conference earlier today, not necessarily a change in the Japanese central bank's super easy monetary policy. There had been some speculation that the end of the Haruhiko Kurada period at the bank would signal an end to Japan's policy of capping bond yields at close to zero. That approach has looked increasingly at odds with the rest of the world, where interest rates have risen to fight inflation. Japan, despite a modest rise in prices, has taken the view that the economy still needs a lot of support. And Ueda-san confirmed that he still thinks that's true today. So why does this matter? Well, Japan is one of the world's biggest holders of U.S. Treasury bonds. So the prospect of higher rates in Japan threatened a withdrawal of funds from U.S. government debt and repatriation of the money to Japan, which would push yields in the U.S. higher and that would be significant because US Treasury yields are the bedrock of the whole global financial system, setting the cost of borrowing around the world. Anyway, for now, it looks like Japan's famously cautious approach remains in place. As in the world's other markets, it's wait and see.